Hello and welcome to the Beyond Limits podcast. I'm Jermaine Benjamin, one of the directors at Transition Partners. And this podcast is where we invite leaders from the talent, HR and culture sphere to discuss everything to do with attracting, retaining and developing people. Welcome to another episode of uh, the Beyond Limits podcast, where we discuss everything to do with um, people, talent, uh, developing talent, developing people, um, DNI, and all things to do with culture. Today, I'm delighted to be long overdue, actually, to be joined by Emma. I finally pinned you down after cancelling on me a couple of times. <laughs> Emma Piper from Skipton. And uh, I'm really an extensive background in talent acquisition. Um, so I'm really looking forward to speaking to you today. I think really what I'd like to do is a kickoff in terms of maybe a bit of an introduction from yourself and also just to give us a, a bit of background in terms of your career journey and how you've developed into being the talent leader. That'd be amazing if you start there. Okay, fab. Um, so I, I currently work for Skipton Building Society, uh, which I've been here for nearly 18 months. I'm a, I'm I'm a bit of a newbie in terms of uh, Skipton's uh, background. So, um, but in terms of kind of how I've got here, gosh, um, I fell into recruitment like uh, like a lot of people. So uh, I actually, I was going to be an actor. I went to drama school and my parents very sensibly said to me, oh, you need to get some other skills in case this doesn't work out, Emma. Um, so I went off and did a secretarial course. And as part of that, um, I did a day release um, from my college course that was um, at, well, it was, they were just moving into being a deco. Uh, so it was a long time ago. So it was when it was kind of moving from Alfred Marx to, um, to being a deco. So that's how I got into recruitment, then loved it, ditched the acting um, and decided to um, stay in recruitment. And from there, gosh, um, done different things. So yes, started on the agency side and then um, I had, when, gosh, I think I was about 26, I, I decided to set up my own company um, for my sins in, in recruitment to recruitment. So I'd worked previously for a company doing that um, and did that for about 10 years before I decided that um, I wanted to do something slightly different, but stay in um, talent acquisition. That's when I moved in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I've worked in a few different sectors, um, financial services, utilities, um, worked for a charity in, in social care um, during COVID. So that was uh, was interesting. And then 18 months ago, I moved um, back into financial services for, for Skipton and, and loving being back in, in FS. That's a, that's a whistle stop tour. It's a bit of a snapshot, isn't it? Yeah. We we spoke um, last time we met a few weeks ago about some of the work that you're doing at Skipton, and it seemed like you've got a significant um, amount of work that you're willing to deliver. In particular, something that struck me, which was really interesting, was around your strengths-based hiring model, which I thought was quite refreshing, a bit different to normal. Um, so I'd be interested if you could share a little bit of that with us. Um, that'd be amazing. Sure. Sure. Um, so we're not there yet. Um, and it is just something that, that we're looking at um, at the moment as, as, as an option for us. So um, we want to try and be more inclusive in our selection process. 
Um, so, we're, so we're looking at different options. But as you mentioned, Jermaine, um, one of those options is maybe moving to um, away from a more competency-based model um, to a to a strength-based approach. So I, I'm no expert yet, um, but the strengths model focuses on a candidate's strengths and, and motivation and, and also enjoyment. Um, so then their potential, I guess, to be to be successful in that area. Um, so we've just launched our new behavioural framework at Skipton. So our key behaviours are around being curious, being brave, being collaborative and being accountable. And we want to obviously assess, assess um, you know, potential candidates and colleagues um, against, against these behaviours. So um, the, the other thing around kind of strengths-based interviewing is that it can help remove bias um, so um, there aren't any probing questions, um, I believe. So, so for instance, you know, if you, if, you know, as an interview, if you like a candidate, um, perhaps you know someone who's similar with you to you or has similar interests, you might be biased um, towards that candidate and ask more probing questions to get the answer, um, which obviously then isn't isn't particularly fair to to other people in that process. Um, so this technique. Um, can try and eliminate that or help with eliminating that. Um, and also other organisations that I spoke to that, that, have, um, that have this model in place um, are fed back in terms of um, that the interviewers see a more authentic picture of, of who that person actually is, um, mm -hmm. rather than the you know, what the person thinks the interviewer wants to hear. Um, so yeah, so 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 we'll see. So it's kind of an, on, an ongoing, some ongoing work at the moment. But we've got lots on our plan uh, this year um, within um, the talent acquisition space at Skipton. So my first year was really quite operational, working with the team really closely. Um, and moving forward, um, yeah, we've got we've got a lot of exciting things coming up, and all the team are getting involved. So um, so yeah, so looking forward to the. To the next half of the year. Brilliant, and, and just to point that out there, because I had a little dropping signal on my end. It seems that the, the one of the purposes of that, those models is to eliminate bias from the selection process. Yeah. And then you mentioned about the values. Why do you feel that's so important to reiterate from? A talent perspective in terms of communicating that with people maybe who are interviewing or coming into the business um just for that culture fit really so so we're very much looking for people um with a growth mindset um mm -hmm. and we need to um assess that they're going to fit into our culture as as well as as well as that role um that's 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 pretty key i think in in most organizations mm -hmm. and i suppose that helps with retention right because if you get that culture, exactly Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. 100%. And then um, we've spoke a, a couple of times around uh, diversity and inclusion, and you mentioned there's quite a lot of work that you're doing at the moment in Tetley Skipton. Um, could you tell us a bit about where you're on that journey? I think everybody's on the journey to a lesser or greater. Yeah. There's lots of different ways of doing things and ideas, so I'll be interested to hear kind of how you guys are doing. Okay, cool. Um, so we've got our own... Um, DNI team, um, but in terms of from a talent acquisition perspective, uh, there's there's quite a lot of that work that that, that links into to what we're doing as a team. So, um, 
gosh, as an example, we've got um, so we're doing a lot of work around our data. So we implemented a new um, a new system late last year. Um, but so, for instance, on the DNI stuff, we've just um, implemented where we ask. So they're all voluntary questions. Obviously, they're not they're not um, they're not mandatory, but around social mobility. Um, so we can then analyze the backgrounds of our candidates. Um, and then put some objectives in place to try and attract candidates from certain backgrounds, um, as well as analysing if, if underrepresented groups or those from a lower social economic background are, for instance, dropping out at certain stages of the recruitment process. Um, so, so that's work that, that's kind of kicked off, but I can't give you any kind of outcomes at the moment because we're not there yet. Um, but, you know, as part of that, so we do quite a bit of work already with um, talking to young people in schools, um, so in more disadvantaged areas. Um, mm. But, you know, we want to make our recruitment process as accessible as possible. So um, another another thing that we're looking to do is open hold um, hold open days. Um, so for people to come in um, and, and see what it might be like to work in financial services, to work for us. Uh, but yeah, it, it's very, very early days. But but yeah, again, you know, really excited to kind of see um, what all that work brings. Um, one thing that we, we don't do as well, we don't have any particular minimum academic um, requirements for most of our entry level roles. So obviously that opens up um, mm. to, to different groups as well. But yeah, there's, there's, I'm sure our DNI lead um, uh, would be able to go into a lot more detail. But those are just some of the highlights in terms of um, what we're doing as a, as a, as a talent acquisition team. Brilliant. And then in terms of your experience as well, which you touched upon earlier in the call, um, from a strategic perspective, what would you say are some of the higher value things that you've implemented over the years that have been successful, I suppose, what are the standouts that, that you've um, implemented or achieved from a talent perspective? Okay, um, so, oh, gosh, um, so a lot of my achievements have been around either setting up or developing teams. Um, mm -hmm. And within that, I guess there's been quite a commercial aspect to that as well. Um, and I am probably quite a commercial person having run my own business etc so um so i've been really fortunate to to set up teams from scratch or come into organizations where where teams and models have, have kind of needed to be developed um so for me you know in these instances i think it's really key to to strip everything back and get the foundations and the basics right um before kind of looking at um all those sort of fun and, and sexy stuff as such. So, um, so yeah, so definitely that commercial element, you know, so coming in as well where there's been maybe not a direct hire model, they've had a really high agency spend, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but also looking at kind of, you know, how we're working um, how how we can improve ways of working. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's really about getting the basics right and then developing a recruitment strategy which fits with the corporate plan of that organisation and the overarching people plan. Um, you know, and as part of that then comes developing um, an authentic brand, um, an EVP. Um, so, so, yeah, so I've kind of, you know, I suppose in, to summarise, to summarize, it's probably around setting up developing teams and and 
and looking at ways of working best in class and, and, and being quite commercial as well. And then, and then how do you kind of stay on the forefront of some of the ideas? Is that forefront of ideas to implement from a talent perspective? Is that being part of network? Is that doing your own research or? or Definitely. Yeah, yeah um, all of that. So, um, so I'm I'm fortunate to have a really good network and, and be able to reach out to 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 my peers um, and talk to other organisations, you know, in terms of um, what what they might be doing. But you know, I guess as well, you know, we want to we want to lead things as well. So we've got a number of different initiatives um, in our plan for this year. Um, for us to kind of raise the bar really and, and try and lead on some of these things rather than rather than kind of follow. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's key for me in terms of having that network. Um, as you know, you know, I've been to some of your events. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's really important. And then, and then there's probably a two part question actually that I'd like to ask you now. So I might, I might yeah, I'll ask it together, but you might split it up. From your experience of what you've seen in terms of different cultures, you mentioned about building teams, um, and obviously all your experience around talent attraction. What do you think organisations need to do in order to retain top talent, but also to develop that talent further as well? And it's quite a big question, isn't it? But yeah. Um, gosh. Um... I think in terms of um, retaining, you know, lis listen to what your colleagues do, you know, want from a workplace and mm -hmm. the external market as well. So um, we do engagement surveys, pulse surveys, etc. Um, you know, and if you look at external research, one of the key one of the key things that comes out um, time and time again is is around um, flexibility, um, particularly after after um, the pandemic. So you know, my own personal experience. So I, I live near Weatherby. Um, I'd never have joined Skipton um, if I'd had to be full time in the office. It's it's a bit of a commute. Um, so we offer hybrid working. Um, so I go into the office on average once a week. Um, but that's I choose to do that. Um, so I live by myself during the week with with three dogs. So I do it for my own mental health um, as I like to be around people um, and also obviously to collaborate with colleagues and, and develop relationships, which which I think it's easier face to face. So definitely, you know, in terms of retention, um, you know, lis listening to 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 your employees um, and what's important to them, um, you know, and in terms of development as well, I'd say, you know, we, we've got a high percentage percentage of colleagues who, who move roles internally. So often they're to completely different teams. So um, so you'll find a lot of the employees at Skipton um, have been here um, a fair amount of time, but they've been able to work in, in very different positions. Um, so I think I think that's key. Um, and we're just developing at the moment our, our new suite of kind of leadership um, development, etc. And what that looks like um so yeah but we do offer um a lot of um l d opportunities as well which which i think is is key there's a couple of points that you mentioned there i just want to pick out you mentioned yeah. and i think is that sort of i mentioned what sorry a pulse i think you said pulse surveys yeah and sort of engagement surveys 
I've been because I've heard of engagement, but I've not heard of the, the pulse survey or whatever it is. And I'm interested to know what that is. And then also you mentioned about flexibility, and you know we spoke before before this call um, about four day working week, which a lot of people are interested in. And how does that work? And you know how is that implemented? So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on on those two, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Yeah. So um, an example of a recent one we did in terms of kind of a pulse survey was around, um, so we're looking at our sort of, a, a cult, we have a cultural clarity project. Um, so, um, so I recently filled something in around kind of what I like, what I don't like, um, just my thoughts and feelings in terms of our, of our culture. Um, just on your other note, so, so yeah, so I'm really, really fortunate in that um, I work full time, but over four days. So I do Monday to Thursday. Um, so that is an option for for um, for some for, for most of our teams. Um, obviously, it depends on the role, etc. Um, but yeah, I think that's you know it's a massive benefit for, for me to be able to 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 have that flexibility and. And I also I'm quite I'm quite disciplined in terms of so if I've got if I'm really busy, I've got something to do on a Friday um, or, you know, on the day that on my non-working day or or there's something I want to attend, then I will do. But it's definitely not the norm. Mm -hmm. So it is actually a four day week rather than kind of oh, actually nearly every Friday I'm actually logging on. That's that's not the case. And uh, what would you say, maybe, you know, for example, somebody's in a similar role to you? Um, or HR or whatever it is, and they're thinking about rolling out this four-day week, but they're not sure how it's going to be perceived or how to present it maybe to other stakeholders in the business. What have you seen from a benefit perspective to working in that fashion? And I know it's not for everybody, and it depends on the teams and what you do, but, yeah, how, how has it benefited your team? Uh, yeah, so we do have, I do have a few people in my team that do a four-day week as well. Um, mm. I mean, I... We haven't looked at any particular data around it within my team. I, I don't have that information, but so I can only probably talk from my personal experience. But but for me, in terms of kind of that work life balance, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's I'm then I just feel more productive because I've got mm -hmm. more of that. Um, I also feel probably a lot more engaged because I've got that flexibility. And um, so I'm really, really thankful because, um, as we know, you know, not not all organizations can or will offer that um so yes i can only really kind of probably say from my own personal experience mm -hmm. if that yeah. helps absolutely because you know they, there's going to be other people in, in a similar scenario you know thinking about it and how it benefits people um and, and you mentioned there about skipton being particularly good around people changing teams or roles um, I remember working for a corporate a couple of years ago and they were starting to do career transition. Um, I think they could maybe have presented it a little bit more, the communication could have been a little bit better around it, but the idea was very good that people have an option to, to transition into a different team. And I think the thinking behind that was retention and keeping people. So I'd be interested to hear how that, how that works at Skipton. Um, is it centralised? Do you have to apply? You know, how does that work? No, so so it just just through the normal process really in terms of applying for it for an internal role. Um, but I do think you know if we went down this particular strengths model as well, I think that also would help to to facilitate that. But 
for me as well, it's getting the balance right. So it's great that, you know, that we can develop people and give people opportunities. Um, but you've got to have whatever good looks like. I'm not quite sure in terms of kind of percentage in terms of external people coming in and internal. We've kind of not got to that yet. But but for me, you've got to have, you know, it's great that we do that. But also you've got to have external people coming in and bringing that that different kind of mindset different knowledge different experiences um yeah. into our organization as well um and just that wider sort of thought so for me it's kind of getting the balance right mm -hmm. and, and and thinking back in terms of your experience what would you say are some of the key points um for anybody who's leading in the talent sphere you know um it's a growing industry. It's a growing role, I think, um, and has been for some time. I've actually got a really good friend who's moved from talent acquisition lead to talent acquisition manager. Um, you know, and we share ideas. I think there's still people navigating, how can I be better? What can I focus on? Um, so, what, in terms of what you've seen and your experience, what would you say are the kind of some of the key key points to focus on if you're in that talent sphere? <coughs> I think it's, you know, so it's looking at potential problems and opportunities and then building a, a plan around that in terms of your focus areas. Um, so obviously that's a, probably quite a high level answer. Um, but that's always where, where I would start. So I've always very much kind of enjoyed getting into the detail. Um, so I know kind of, so yes, talking to other people, um, stakeholders, etc., but also getting into the detail myself, um, and then looking at kind of, yeah, what what the opportunities are, and and and, but also, as I mentioned before, linking in with that kind of that corporate plan. So, what are the objectives of the organisation, and 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 how can you then try and facilitate that in your own teams? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, is that? I suppose there's an important element in terms of, from our perspective, plugging into what the overall strategy of the businesses and the direction that they're going in. 100%, yeah. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, what? where's your direction and, and why are you doing it? Um, what are the outputs? Mm -hmm. And so, how, from your experience, what's the best way of doing that? Is that engaging with certain stake, particular stakeholders, key decision makers, hiring managers? Yeah, um, well, I think we're pretty for fortunate at, at Skipton in that we have um, the communication is really, really good. Um, so our, um, you know, our exec, etc., and our senior leaders, um, we have a quarterly update for everybody. There are people leader briefings, so we know what 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 we're focusing on and what's coming up, what different projects we're working on. So there's lots of transformation projects here. Um, so for me it's it's linking you know yeah we're fortunate that we've kind of got that so it's linking into all of that um but but you're right in terms of then kind of talking to to stakeholders and getting feedback and um and what's important to them but also as well looking at the data um so one of our areas that we're looking at is is mapping our our whole candidate experience journey um and getting feedback and um so yes, I think it's a, a real, a real mix probably. But but yeah, I think a lot of it is knowing what's 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 coming up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Emma, Emma, 
Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, we had a few tech issues at the start. We managed to get you on, so I really appreciate um, taking your time to talk to us and share with the community of talent people that we work with um, your experience. So I do really appreciate that. Um, as I always say at the end of the call, if we uh, feel free to connect with them uh, on LinkedIn. If you have any questions, drop me an email, jermaine.benjamin at transition hyphenpartners.co.uk. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so I just want to say thanks again, Emma, for joining us. Thank thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, cheers. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Limits podcast. If you have any questions that we can answer at all on the podcast going forward, or if you would be interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email me directly at jermaine.benjamin at transition-partners.co.uk. Thanks again.